Welcome to Sober in States Baseball. Here are your hosts, Chris and Daniel. My name is Chris, the MLS card guy. As always, I'm joined by the Emmy winner. His name is Trippin' B. How are you today, buddy? I'm great, Chris. I, uh, feeling good, loving life. So rare is really exciting right now. I got a little bit of FOMO because I didn't quite have the, uh, as we talked about last episode, I didn't quite have the, uh, the firepower to go in and buy myself a championship series uh, round team. So I was just kind of mm. watching all the fun with all our friends that got to play some really fun tournaments this last week or so. Yeah, I know. I've been just kind of, just kind of waiting and, and waiting things out and playing with the guys that I've got and picked up a couple of common rewards of, of guys that I desperately needed to, uh, to get into a, a, the SCN game. So uh, we got a decent SCN uh, team coming here for the world series. Uh, but we have a very special guest with us. Um, this is David. He's from Sower. And correct me if I'm wrong here. You're the, the you're developer of the product for, for Sower. What's your actual official title? Yeah. So my official title actually is, um, and thanks for having me on, by the way. I appreciate it. Uh, my official title is head of engineering. So I lead, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, and we can get into that. But uh, effectively, I lead the engineering team at SoRare. Uh, we have about, uh, I would say, a little over 40 engineers, um, you know, and that includes everything on, on all three of our products, uh, all, all the, you know, engineering and tech work, essentially. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Uh, and we do appreciate you, you taking the time, obviously, to, to come on the show and, and share a little bit of the inside kind of behind the uh, behind the scenes stuff that's going on. So I guess just kind of start out and just give us, you know, how you got it, got involved with Sower specifically, and then even just more generally in the crypto space um, and just kind of your path to get to where you are today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, 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 you know, I can go into more, or in more detail, less, you know, less detail, kind of keep it a little bit of broad strokes at the moment. So I don't, uh, you know, uh, filibuster or anything, but um, basically I joined SoRare uh, in September of 2021 I moved to Paris actually when I joined SoRare from New York, right? There was no uh, New York, US office. Um, and, uh, you know, I saw something that I thought was really, really special. Um, it, you know, for me, it kind of came out of nowhere. Actually, let, let me back up and just say so, so I've, I've been in the industry for about 21 years now. I've worked mostly in consumer uh, product, uh, you know, type of. Uh, um, uh, for example, I start, got started in video games uh, you know, when I was probably 19. I dropped out of college. So I worked worked on like PS2, PS3, Xbox games, things like that. Like that's basically what got me into the industry was, was gaming. Um, and then from there, I went into places like Google where I worked on a lot of interesting products that were, again, consumer, but um, ultimately they failed. So things like Google Plus and, and Google Wave and Google Reader actually was, you know, and, and things like that. So Still learned a lot. Um, and I was at Square for a while and started things like helped start things like Square Cash and Square Wallet and stuff like that. So yeah, it, you know, I've always been around the consumer space, consumer internet, and so on and so forth. And you know, since then I worked at other places as well. Had a couple of startups and always dabbled in you know making little video games on the side, things like that. So um, and then I was at other companies uh, like Snapchat and, and, and Postmates and, and stuff like that. So. Long story short, you know, I was always kind of looking around for, well, what do I want to do next? I need something really interesting. I really want to get back into gaming. Crypto is interesting to me, um, you know, kind of on the sidelines a little bit. Uh, you know, I dabbled here and there, and kind of, you know, just as, as mostly a technologist, not a speculator or anything. Um, and so when I found out about SoRare, actually, I found out they were, you know, effectively looking for um, head of engineering. And you know, I kind of knew about them. They were, SoRare was on my radar. 
but they had all these things, these ingredients that just seemed like the, the raw ingredients of a, of a really, really special project and, and special company and special product. And so really that came down to, for me, I'll just say a couple of things, the founders and their dedication to the community was, I thought was awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of founders and, and CEOs and whatnot through time. And I thought, um, you know, Nico and Adrian, the two founders were, were really top notch and really loved so rare. Um, obviously it's intersection with blockchain and, and the fact that that actually allows you to own your cards, uh, digitally was, was, you know, also something special. And then the utility, the gaming utility that they brought, I mean, it, it just had all of these really interesting elements and I'll, and I'll say, I'm not, a, I'm, I, I mean, I'd love, I, I played sports as a, you know, as a kid in high school and whatnot. And, and I'm more into things like boxing and whatever. And, and I watch basketball from time to time. And you know, I've been to, used to go to baseball games, uh, you know, when I lived in Chicago and all that, but not a, especially, certainly not a, um, you know, huge sports fan by, by any, um, you know, measure. Um, but I still saw a lot of potential and it was just something I felt like I had to be a part of. And, you know, I, like I said, I picked it up, moved out to Paris and, you know, uh, and now, you know, I go back to New York and Paris and it's just been, it's just been insane. I mean, who, who, I would have never thought we'd be launching the NBA partnership exclusively. Like that's just, that's crazy. Um, and there's yeah. just so much to do there. So, yeah. Did you play so rare at all uh, before you joined the company or uh, get involved with actually being a user? Uh, so I signed up once. I remember a while back because when, when I got approached and I heard about this role, um, I went to, I went back to it and I, and I realized I had an account. Um, I did the free to play once, but again, I wasn't a big soccer, uh, you know, we'll say soccer, I guess. Um, I'm, I was still flip between football and soccer around here, but hey, um, it's so rare this is an American podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. You're good. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I wasn't, you know, a huge soccer fan, but I thought it was interesting. You know, again, I was looking across the crypto space and whatnot. And so, um, yeah. And then of course, when I started talking to them, I started playing it. It's, it's very, very important, especially to me that not just myself, but enge our engineering team, everybody actually has played the game or is playing the game and, 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 you know, is very familiar with it. So what would so, be the one thing that you, you kind of learned from playing the game that you wouldn't have thought of before, um, or that you wouldn't have really, you know, known to, to kind of look at, but since you're playing the game, you, you've kind of gone through and said, Oh, we need to change this. We need, this doesn't quite work. What, what's that one thing that you've kind of learned from this? Well, I think there's probably a whole bunch of things. I would say the one thing I learned, honestly, it, it, it is, and this is, I don't know if this is kind of answers your question or not, but you know, when I actually, I, something came, let me just tell you what came to mind when you said that. And that is uh, actually going to an MLB game. I remember we were, um, bef just before we had launched, we were testing the product and going to an MLB game and sitting there in the stands with my coworkers, watching, you know, our lineups and watching our players and watching my pitcher. And that was just an amazing experience. Like it yeah. just really makes you care a lot more about what you're doing, you know, you know, and so it's, it's, it's that connection with the game. And, and I don't, and, and that I finally first, I really experienced, right. Because I didn't have a chance to go to a soccer game and do the same thing. And so I just thought I really wanted to double down on, on how can we make this live game engaging, right. And how can we do things like, you know, use the mobile app, for example, to send you, you know, uh, real time updates in, the, in, the, in, the, in a very timely way and just to make it feel like, you know, you're, you're connected to the game. And so anything along those lines is, is, a, is really, really interesting to me having actually learned and, you know, experienced that. So I wouldn't say so much. It's what I learned. It's just the experiencing it is, is just very different than at the surface level, understanding how the game works. 
Yeah, I had a very similar experience. We had a big SoRare meetup last April or this past April, went to a soccer match, Orlando City, and there was like 10, 12 of us and like everybody had cards in play. Everybody was, oh, my guy drew the penalty. You know, that that's a big chance created, stuff like that. It really mm-hmm. does like change your whole your whole viewing experience. I want to know like how how are, how does that continue? Like I, I I'd assume that like your engineers and employees aren't necessarily playing the game competitively against everybody else against the general user base is there internal sort of like game mode that you can sort of so you can test out how certain things work totally this is very 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 important to me when, when i came and I, I really wanted to make sure that we had a, a way to to what we call you know dog food the product type of thing and so um uh, you know which is the reference old google east called it's like eat your own dog food type of thing anyway anyway uh, so, so you know yeah yeah um, and yeah, so, it, you know, we do have a code of conduct right now that we adhere to internally where employees are not actually, you know, like you said, competing, uh, for scarce cards and, and things of that nature, because we don't, you know, we want, we want to separate those, those types of things so that, you know, the, the user base can play and, and, but we still want to be able to, um, experience it. So we have an internal, what I call staging environment where we all play. This is how we test. I mean, it was actually quite interesting. NBA, we had to build and very, very fast and, you know, build the rules, play the game, try to get a sense. And even in the preseason, right. Or like even pre preseason, like get a sense of the gameplay um, very, very quickly and make sure, okay, are the rules right? Is the scoring right? You know, we made some last minute adjustments but we had to kind of like do all of that really quickly and by playing internally and you get the whole company playing, uh, getting feedback in and it just all comes together really, really fast. But that, that was, that was critical to like these last minute changes that we had to make before we launched it. So kind of going off of that, I guess, I guess our next question is kind of about game modes, right? You guys obviously test a bunch of different things, some of which work, some of which don't. Um, and obviously we're on the, so we're in the state's baseball side of things. So we focus a little bit more on baseball, uh, but we also have our basketball and our football podcast as well. Um, and I know one of the things that our basketball guys wanted to know was, was is this kind of the final vision for basketball or is this still something that's kind of under construction and there's still going to be tweaks and changes that kind of happen along the way. And then kind of the same thing as it, as it concerns with baseball as well from us, you know, are there different game modes where, you know, it's maybe not just the, the corner in from middle infield or outfield, or it's maybe actually using first base, second base shortstop. Um, are there, are those kind of conversations going on and, and where, do, where's the kind of future outlook for those types of things? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of things on, on MLB and NBA, both of them, we consider, uh, you know, an MVP uh, minimum uh, you know, viable product. And it's something that where we wanted to get the basics out so we can get it out quickly. And MLB also, we had to build very fast. Um, and as you know, we, we got out by um, all stars. So around half, you know, mid season, essentially, because we, we, we needed to be able to get something out there and, and, and learn. Right. And right. so that was the goal of the second half of MLB was for us to put it out there and learn and figure out what works so we can come back much stronger with with season two. And of course, we took a lot of those features and learnings and apply them to NBA. There is a whole bunch of things, as you might imagine, that are end up on the cutting room floor. Right. right. Well, always. And they're, you know, from game modes to you know, uh, different scoring matrices and, and uh, different ways of scoring. Right. And then different, uh, of course, leaderboard types and, 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 and contests and whatnot. And so 
you know, these are things we're going to want to experiment. I would say what you're good, what I hope that you see with NBA is, you know, we're taking what we learned from MLB, right? Of course. And in, in uh, you know, as we enter the off season for MLB and we're applying, we've have and in, in are applying those to NBA. And there are things that we really, really are excited to iterate on. I know that sounds kind of, um, uh, well, anyway, it, it, we're, we're very, very excited because we have a whole bunch of ideas. And the, the whole point here with NBA is that, you know, there are some, I don't want to give anything away, but like there's some really, really cool things that we, because we want in, we want to make sure that the players feel engaged, like even on a daily basis, there's something to come yeah. back and do, right? And so like that's something that's very, very important to us. Um, also just smoothing out that onboarding flow where people, you know, can come into the game and it have a much easier, you know, from free to play to purchasing their first card to getting to these lineups, like these sorts of things, smoothing that out. There's, this is what we're really, really focused on over the next, I would say, you know, three to six months for NBA and of course making it fun. Right. And so yeah. what we do internally is we have all these ideas. We listen to the community, we stack rank everything, and then we just kind of start going down and, and shipping something's very fast, right? Like every week we might ship one or three, you know, small wins or quick wins for the community based on feedback. And then we're also working on bigger things behind the scenes that we're, we're going to also try and, and, and release as well. And of course, the, the beauty is, you know, we have three sports now and not everything is, you know, there are things that we'll do on NBA that we don't necessarily do on, on you know, MLB yet. We might start with NBA. So for example, the points cap, right. And then move that over to MLB or, or, or soccer. Right. And so, You'll see a lot of that where you see things pop up in one game and then if it works, you know, it evolves and then it applies to another another game. And so that's that's going to be a lot of fun for us. Do, do you think that if if you if points cap is a huge hit with NBA and you decide to migrate it over to the other sports, would those be like additional game modes or would it be a total revamp of the main SO7, SO5 game? Yeah, I think with something like, you know, SO5, you, you and soccer, you know, we need to we need to be careful there, right? Because we don't want to break what works, right? But we also want to be able, this is always a delicate balance too, because everything yeah. we do affects the market, it affects the prices, it affects, you know, and so there's all these kind of, you know, things that can be affected. And so what we try to do, you know, is just try it out. We have this ability to roll out game, you know, special contests. So that would probably be a, a, a strategy for how we would do that. I, I don't think, you know, a full replacement of something that works pretty well probably is, wouldn't, wouldn't be that smart. Yeah, I yeah. made the joke last week that like baseball, as when it comes to the two U.S. sports, baseball was kind of like the first child of the parents yeah. and the, that sort of, you know, trial and error, a lot of things as they're raising their kid. And now, you know, NBA gets this like really nice, smooth launch. And I think the baseball launch was good, uh, but it did come a little bit slower than probably I was ready for in terms of it took a while to get the player pages up and running the direct yep, office, exactly like that. Just, uh, just because that was such a big conversation point on our podcast over the last few months in this first season and be, and gratefully knowing that we're kind of past that stage and we've moved into a better place. I would love to hear you explain like some of the, the challenges and, and what took a little longer with some of those things to roll out uh, that made us yeah. feel like a full game right away. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to bore you with the details. I'll, I'll give a little bit of insight into that. So you know, soccer, the SO5 um, product was built, you know, it was built with a small team. You had, you know, the CEO and the CTO, and, and then they hired another employee. So it's a very small team building this game from the ground up um, on technology that worked, uh, and it scaled to a point, right? But as you might imagine, like, it gets more and more popular, and we have to scale. 
And so we made the decision pretty early on, early, uh, early this, man, it's, it's only been one year, early this <laughs> year um, to it actually- like time re- flies, right? It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I, I mean, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, so I, you know, early February, I would say we made the decision to actually rebuild some of our underlying infrastructure to allow it to scale um, uh, you know, in terms of MOB, NBA, and things like that. And so because we did that, we had things, technology that basically you would think could just be shared from one to the other. But you know, in fact, we had to kind of rebuild a little bit. And so that's why things like search and player pages and stuff like that, we made the decision to, okay, Let's get this thing out there because people can play the game. They can they can purchase cards, and then we'll fast follow with those sorts of things on that new technology. And then, of course, because it's on the new newer technology, which is powering the U.S. sports, um, that's why NBA inherited it. And so, yeah. you know, now we're right. actually starting to consolidate more and and bring it all together. So you're going to see a lot more sharing. But that's just a tax we had to play because the company grew so fast, and you know, we kind of had to pay down that tax. I would, so I would say the, my part as a player, I would say that was the right decision. It was to get the game out and give us something that we could play. Yeah. Even for all the complaining that I did on this show about it, <laughs> about the uh, features that I was waiting for, I was very happy to have cards in place. So that was probably a smart choice. 100%. I listened. I, I li- oh, go, go on. Oh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say kind of on, on that topic of kind of having everything kind of all under one roof and having multiple different sports that we can pull from. Um, is there any internal discussion about, you know, cross sport type of competitions where baseball and basketball are in season for a little over a month at a time, um, having some, some kind of crossover there, or even, uh, you know, football and basketball, football and baseball, something like that, where, you know, you kind of have, you know, you can, you can start your Mbappe and your Aaron judge and your Steph Curry all in the same lineup, like just, make this complete ultimate sports dream team. Um, has there been any discussions of that? Are there any plans of that? Uh, is that even a, well, a possibility? Is that even a thing? <laughs> I will say, okay, I'll say two things to that. Um, number one, um, I mean, that sounds wild, right? First of all, like I, <laughs> yeah. always, you know, I think that would be, I mean, because here's the thing, you know, I think as a, as a company, when you have these kind of products and this sort of, you know, this IP, you want to do things interesting with it. You want to combine things and, and you have make intersections because you can do things that are uniquely you when you have this kind of, you know, this kind of thing. And so I would say, you know, that, I mean, of course we should be thinking in that direction, right? You can think in the direction of a single marketplace, for example, that seems pretty uh, straightforward, but I, I think on that front, um, you know, there's obviously tons and tons of discussions that we have um, about all kinds of crazy things. Um, and so while we have no you know, immediate plan to do anything like that, um, we reserve the right, uh, I would hope, because we're in this, we're in the community, we're in the business of working with the community to turn on a dime if we think that there's a great idea or something worth pursuing and doing. So, um, you know, while we try to plan things out, I would say we're actually also, we try to be pretty flexible uh, to allow for, you know, crazy ideas and, and then, you know, experiments like that. So, um, I know yeah. that's probably maybe maybe a non-answer. It's just to kind of underscore that, like, I get excited by these kinds of ideas, and yeah. you know, and and so I mean, why not? Oh, we have tons of these ideas. Don't you worry. And another <laughs> very, very important one. 
Yeah, another very important one. Our our good friend uh, Bob, who's Orange Fly on on so rare, he's got Rowdy Tellas as unique, so rare or super rare and rare card as well as the limited. So he's got the full rainbow. He needs the common though. He said he'd give anything for a common. Uh, so you got to try to hook our boy up with a with a common. Oh, uh, but yeah, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course. So, David, I want to know. I think that probably one of the most pressing things right now in the community is that the season's coming to an end. You know. We're all celebrating the World Series. It's going to be a great slate. I want to know, there, there's been some hints in the So Rare blogs about, you know, off-season game modes coming. How, how much can you tell us about what we, what we might be able to do to get utility from cards in the MLB off-season? Yeah, so I actually today, I, um, we made some decisions around, uh, you know, kind of what, what we're doing there. Um, you know, I would say that... There is something coming uh, this week. We will be we will be talking about what we're what we're doing there. Um, we definitely want to. Uh, we don't want. We're not turning MLB off, right? By any means, right? Number two, a couple of things. We're working on. Uh, you know, the second season, we're working through that sort of thing, um, and then we're looking at uh, ways to still. Um, what's the word? Uh, encourage users to play MLB to purchase cards and and things like that. So. Uh, again, I know that's a bit of a non-answer, but we're, we're on the heels of announcing uh, uh, something to the community very soon. Hey, if it's this week, I can be patient. What when's the yeah, change yeah. over from year one? When are we going to no longer have the year one edition cards and switch over to year two? Is that something that'll happen before Christmas or not till after New Year? Uh, that's a great question. I actually don't have the exact answer to that. Um, I, yeah. I'm sure somebody I, does, but I haven't really I, thought about that. As someone who holds, you know, just some year one hmm. edition. I want I want those gone so that yeah, yeah get them off the market. Are more <laughs> yes, and and on that That's... topic, what's the uh, what kind of plans can you share about like ways to make collecting part of the game? You know what I'm saying? Beyond just the so seven, like how is there going to be rewards? Maybe even non utility rewards. Maybe it's just badges for your profile or things in the club shop. I know there's plenty of development left to go in the club shop, but how can we turn the collecting part of Sower into more of a game? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, we, we talk about some of these things and, and again, like we're going to be talking about some of this really soon with the community, but you know, there's ideas around, you know, collecting challenges, things, things of that nature. Right. And, and, you know, and I think we can do some pretty cool stuff there. Even if, even if games aren't being played um, that allow you to um, you know, like you said, get uh, both get re certain rewards, um, you know, in the form of, you know, cards or in the form of, you know, say badges and things like that. I, 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 there's a couple of things that I really want to do. And I, and I will say, I want to improve um, the, you know, the user's gallery, right? People want to show off their cards. They want to have their cards. You yeah. want to improve them. want to make it look good. Uh, you want to be able to share it, all, all of that sort of thing. So that's not lost on us. And that's something, you know, because they go hand in hand, right? If you're going to have a collectible, right. uh, you, you, you know, you're going to have these trophies, you got to, you need a display case, right? So right. that's certainly something that we want to, we will be doing. Um and again, alongside the collecting challenges is a really interesting idea. Um, and the other thing I would say, you mentioned the club shop. You know, I think that is also something where we don't want to just start adding stuff to that. It needs to be meaningful. It all has to kind of fit together, um, you know, in, in terms of you and your profile and how you display the cards and all of that sort of thing. And so I think you'll they'll see some things there, especially perhaps with um, with So5, with, with soccer. Um, and that'll carry over as well. But anyway, uh, I think I think there's a ton of ideas that we're going to want to try very very soon in that direction that you mentioned. 
And I know we we uh, we have a limited amount of time left here, so I guess we'll go ahead and get into you know kind of the big thing that all everyone always talks about is rewards, right? So um, first of all, how do you guys decide the tiers that each of these players should go in, especially with a new market like NBA? You don't really have any data to kind of go off of and say like, well, the community values this guy more than this guy, or this guy scores more points than this guy. Um, so first of all, how is that determined? And then secondly. Um, is, is there any thought given to like positional utility? So like in baseball, a big thing is, you know, relief pitchers getting really high into the tiers uh, and a relief pitcher typically is not really as, as valuable as, as some of the other players in, you know, tier one, tier two. Um, how do you guys kind of weigh positional utility versus uh, just how good that player is specifically? Yeah. So I can't, you know, there's, there are details here that we have, you know, we have a whole, uh, we have an operations team that works very diligently on making sure that this works, you know, works well and is fair. And, and of course we right. make mistakes from time to time with rewards. Um, and we try to, you know, correct those things. You said a couple of things. One is the start of a season is tricky, right? And so right. you need to figure out because really the goal is that we want the market to be the driver of the tiers, right? And so Based on the, uh, you know, the market, let's say the expected or average market prices based on the, you know, the, that are, you know, that we see in, in the, um, uh, that are being sold in the marketplace. We use that to kind of decide where, you know, what, what is tier one, what is tier two, what is tier three. And so that's why, you, you know, players might go up and down and based on, you know, what happens in, in, in real life, right. And, and as their value goes up and down. So we have that, but when we start a new season, you know, we don't have that. So we have to do a, a kind of a proxy, which is to seed our own market values based on, you know, our guesses, based on our data and so on and so forth um, in order to get that right the first time. But we really, you know, um, we do start to get that data. Like when we start the new, I'll just say one more things. When, when we start the new season, we're selling cards immediately. And then they're kind of all over the place. There's a lot of speculation yeah. and, and it's kind of, you know, and so, we start to get some information there before we close the first fixture and send out rewards. So we use that data we have, and then we look at that, we go through it, right. And make sure that it makes some sense and might make some adjustments here and there. Um, but that's essentially how we do it. And then kind of from there, the market mostly takes care of itself, but we look for outliers with players jump two tiers or three tiers for some reason, we try to figure out why that is and what happened. And is that correct? And so, you know, we're doing a lot of that stuff. As far as the positional side, I, I, you know, what I can say, of course, on, on basketball is that effectively it's positionless. So we don't really take that into sure. account at the moment uh, for basketball, for, for baseball. Yeah. We, we certainly did. And again, again it, it had been partially based on, you know, the market value um, and then making sure that, um, you know, we're being fair in what we reward. Um, you know, we try to be somewhat smart about that, especially with commons. Um, but, uh, yeah, th th we have some algorithms that we're constantly tweaking and trying to make it again, fair and fun for everybody. And then of course, is I'll just say for, for those who don't know, of course, you know, the way we think about this is NBA, just like MLB, right. It's the same scarcity and population, right. 5,000 limited, thousand rare, hundred super rare, one unique. And then we reserve about 40% of those cards, the release cards, uh, for rewards every single game week. One of the most exciting things that came out of the NBA uh, community event was the idea that these action shots will be coming and some, you know, yes. better pick than just uh, headshots. Is that something that you want to bring over to MLB also? Yes, totally. A hundred percent. I mean, again, like this is something I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to bet that this is going to be cool and people are going to really enjoy it and like it. And so to that end, if so long as it's, you know, logistically possible and we can do it, like it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's something that we'll definitely want to do. I think that'll be very cool. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that direction that we're taking it, but you know, we'll, we'll see how the, how the community and the market reacts. 
And do you kinda, think, well, one last one, just uh, what, are, what are the chances to expand the game to other leagues? I know it's called, it's not called SoRare Baseball, it's called SoRare MLB. Would you ever incorporate minor league baseball, Asian baseball, Caribbean, or the World Baseball Classic? Could those become part of the game utility-wise? Yeah, so I can't speak to our, you know, our, our our business development strategy or anything like that. But internally, you know, we uh, every I'll just say internally, the the you know, in code and everything, we call it baseball, and we do that for a reason. Cool, interesting. Yeah, so we really appreciate you coming on and obviously giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, and if there's ever you know anything that we can do for you guys, if you ever need anything from us, any community feedback, we can always get a group group get a group get a good group together and, uh, and definitely go through that. So we, we do appreciate you coming on and, t- and taking the time. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. I think um, I listen, you know, I remember when we were launching MLB, listening to you guys, um, you know, I'm just sitting there going, man, we, you know, we got to go do this. I run into, you know, back to my computer. I'm like, Hey guys, we gotta, we gotta prioritize that. I'm not joking. Like it's, it's very, very good. And, and you guys, and both of you, I think you articulate well uh, what's good and what's bad. And, 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 you know, I, I really like to hear the, the constructive feedback. So uh, please keep doing it. It's, 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 it's really great. And we're moving as fast as we can. I, I promise you. And again, we'll make, we'll make mistakes, but um, you know, we're just trying to deliver value. So, um, so it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening. And I, uh, I, I one will just say that I love this year. I expect some changes to like roster construction next year, but I love being able to run some of my limited cards in the rare division. So uh, keep, I don't know what, uh, uh, yes. if, if you were just throwing us a bone there, making it easier since we're still building collections, but I hope that sticks around next season for sure. I heard, I heard you, I think I heard you mention that in a previous episode as well. So definitely. We definitely got to get him a, uh, like a common David freeze moment from like the 2013 world series or whatever it is. Make, <laughs> make sure that happens. We need some moments of David freeze that we can, we can push out the trip in there, but yeah, we do appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> Hey, no problem. It was, it was a lot of fun and, and, and thanks for having me. So thanks again to David for coming on the show. We really appreciate him giving us a little bit of time to kind of give us some of the behind the scenes, uh, give us some of the inner workings of SOAR. It's really great uh, to have him on. So, so Trippin, what did you think of that? A lot of information for us to kind of go through in a very short amount of time, but just yeah, kind of yeah, we did. reactions from everything. We, all, we only had a limited time with Mr. Baitau, uh, but he was gracious enough to grant us that. And I, he gave us more information and more answers maybe than I was really expecting. I, you know, I think it was a friendly, it was always meant to be a friendly conversation, but I wanted to at least ask him on my tougher questions, you know, like why were some things out so, out so slow? And you got to ask him about like, what's up with the rewards? And a little bit of that was answers where, you know, he was just kind of filling the space with, you know, because of there's certain things he's not allowed to say, but I felt sure. like he gave us pretty much the max of what he was allowed to say. It was very, uh, uh, forthcoming with information and things like that. And you could also sense his excitement. Like I'm confident now that the people I'm more confident than I was before that the people running this game actually like feel this game, understand the game a little bit more. I was maybe a little more cynical. I didn't know they had the internal. uh, Yeah. That was a big thing. Yeah. That was huge. See, I kind of want to know about that internal competition now. Like how, how does a, how does spoon do? How does Nicholas do? You know, are they at the top of the leaderboards? Are they kind of at the bottom? You know, what's that, what's that internal kind of rivalry looking like? Is there somebody that dominates every week or is it pretty spread out? And I just want to know more. Like, I just want to cover that. Honestly, we don't even need to cover baseball anymore. Just cover the internal so rare competition. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. I thought that was really, really interesting um, that they kind of play the game and they kind of went to an MLB game and said, what does it feel like to be in the stadium with players 
and and have your player on the mound pitching and you're kind of hanging on every single pitch because I felt that, right? I went mm-hmm. to a Yankees game. I went to a Braves game, had my guys on the mound. I went to a Pirates game, had my guys on the mound, had my guys in the batter's box. And it's just a whole different feeling from just going to the game or just being with friends or and and just kind of, you know, enjoying the entertainment. But when you when you own it, realistically, it's a whole different experience and excitement even when things go well, you know. Um, so I thought that was great that they kind of get into the heart of why we play Sora, right? I, you kind of figure like they're just building a game. Um, so that they can build a game and it's just their job. And, you know, they're trying to do the best they can, but they don't really, you know, it's not really a passion, but it it really came across to me. Like it was a passion, you know, it was a, Mm -hmm. it was a thing that they, you know, they love to do themselves and that's why they do it. Yeah. That was, that, that was amazing to like, to, he, he was like taking words. He was like saying stuff that I have like said before. It was like, he was taking words right out of my brain when he said, talked about how, you know, the connection. I remember at that Orlando meetup that I mentioned, you know, back in the spring, like I remember how fired up I was just about Solar after that experience because I had met so many cool people and I'd been in the stadium, like watching my cards. I like, I, I, I deposited some ETH, you know, to uh, yeah. like after that, uh, that trip because I was so fired up about Solar. I was like, I need to get, I need to go a little even deeper in this game and bought some new kind of expensive cards. So, so to hear that from like someone who works at the company sharing that exact same feeling and, you know, he didn't know, that I feel that way, but he basically echoed and mimicked the exact feeling I have. And that was very cool. Yeah. I think I did the same thing in London, right? I panic bought like a couple of players because yeah. everybody was telling me about these guys are like, Oh, I got to have this guy. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just like cool to be together kind of around your friends. Um, so I thought that was really, you know, really, really interesting from to hear that from them. Um, and then, you know, just a, a bunch of other things that, that we kind of got a little bit of a window into um, kind of seeing what some of the early, uh, lessons that they learned from MLB that then kind of migrated over to the NBA. I did not know that MLB and NBA are on two different or MLB and soccer are on two different things. And that's why things didn't like migrate over from soccer to baseball. They yeah. like basically rebuilt the whole thing. And then they're kind of applying that to basketball, which is, which is pretty cool. And I'd love to know what the, what the new possibilities are, I guess, that baseball and basketball can do that soccer isn't really built to do, I guess. It makes a lot of sense. Cause I was sitting there thinking to myself for weeks at a time, I was like, how hard could it be to just move the direct offer code over from soccer and, and, and put baseball version of it? And like, I didn't realize they were rewriting the code from scratch at the time. So that, that makes a whole lot of sense for sure. I thought he was very cool uh, just to hear him talk about like some of the things he could talk about. I will say the one thing, like when we asked him about rewards, we kind of got basically the best he could go- do because he's an engineer, sure. right? Like he's not the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't control the, the rewards. Rewards, yeah. So maybe maybe yeah. uh, Solaire was smart to uh, to send us the engineer, but uh, instead of the uh, reward guru, but because uh, we could have really grilled that person. But no, uh, again, I, I'm I'm buzzing off that conversation with David because he uh, he really kind of put my mind at ease at a few things that I was uh, had some concerns on. So that's good. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too when we brought up the cross sport. You know, the the chances of <laughs> something coming for baseball, basketball. I was expecting ah, it's a different thing. We're not really going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. And he was like, I mean, it's a crazy idea. I've never heard of, and we'll look into it. And I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting that they, you know, even if it never comes about and it doesn't, you know, happen, just that mindset of it's never like, oh, that would be crazy. Why would we do that? It's well, we have this IP that no one else has, so we could do something really unique. 
Um, and then just seeing if it's kind of feasible on there. And I thought that was a really interesting, you know, kind of look into what they're thinking about when they're making all of these decisions and, and, and that kind of thing. What do you think about that? I, th- I think when the cross-sport competition launches, you should get all the credit for the inspiration behind it. I should cool. get 10% of all yeah. the rewards. It, it all, it all traces back to this podcast episode conversation for sure. Uh, no, it, it seemed like it really fired. It just seemed like he was genuinely fired up to hear that for sure. I love yeah. the fact. And the other thing is it sucks. We're probably gonna have to wait a few days. It, it was a little too soon for him to be able to reveal anything about the off season MLB competitions, which I would have loved to get more details on. Unfortunately we didn't, but we'll know soon enough. At least he was able to tell us, Hey, just wait a few more days. And, and the details. Yeah. Will and it may even be out by the time this podcast comes out, right? Because we're recording this on Monday night and it, it won't come out for another day. So we may even have that answer by the time uh, this, this thing actually drops. Yeah, that's up to how fast you can edit the episode, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how fast I can go. We'll get it get it out at our normal time on, on Wednesday morning. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And then, you know, he kind of brought up the... Uh, that they tried to get out an MVP product, which I was going to be like, okay, he's going to say like, this is the greatest product of all time, blah, 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 all this company stuff. And he's like MVP minimum valuable, minimum value product or whatever he said. And I was like, Oh wow. That was not what I was expecting at all. Like just that, that kind of recognition, recognition that we're not where we are or we're not where the ultimate vision is going to take us, but we have a good enough product to be ready to launch. Um, and I thought that was really interesting that that's a hundred percent where I view the product. So I, I'm glad that, you know, and I think that's where most of the community views the product is it's, it's good. It's, it's good. Like it's a good product. Um, but there's still so many more things that they can do, uh, in order to make it a great product and, and a really, you know, world transforming product. And I think them having that mindset as well, like you said, it just puts, puts your mind at ease a little bit that they, the people who are driving the ship kind of know where they're going. Yeah. It feels good, man, for sure. Cool. Any other any other comments or any other things that you wanted to to kind of react to? I know that was that was a lot of information in a very short amount of time, um, and and hopefully we can we can do more things like that in the future. But um, I thought it was a really good you know kind of look at, at where we are and where we're kind of going. But any other things that you wanted to to kind of get into here? Uh, just just a a minor. I won't call I won't quite call it a mea culpa, but I will come out and say that in the last couple episodes, I was maybe a little harsh on people who were complaining about rewards. And I was like, ah, get over it. You know, just be happy, blah, blah, blah. Just be happy. You get some rewards. Now that I've seen the rewards that came out for the uh, LCS round, I got to say that people generally had a point, you know, Juan Soto was a great reward for first place for the all-star for the super rare division. And that was won by Somore 19, who's not someone I'm familiar with we had a lot of friends and friends of the show get pretty high up on the podium though. And like to win Hunter Brown as your second place prize, Fran Mil Reyes as your third place prize. That's not really doing it for me for podium finishes for like a, what should be like the competitive playoff. Like I think so rare could have uh, just like thrown us a bone. It's not that like they only have 10 super rares of these guys. They have a hundred, like the scarcity is even more. So like they should have thrown uh they should have just like eat, bit the bullet on it a little bit more and been like, you know, here's, here's Otani for first. Here's Juan Soto for second. Here's judge for third. Here's Garrett Cole for fourth. And just like, just like really giving people, cause I don't think it would have cost them any money. Really. It, it doesn't cost them any money. It would have cost them a little bit of opportunity costs, but they would have gained so much in just hype. And right now, if you go on Twitter, uh, you know, so rare MLB Twitter is just all people complaining 
And it mm. could have been people like raving and like, oh my God, Sawyer is amazing. So like, it's just like, it's a gaffe. I, w- I wouldn't call it like, oh, this is like a horrible, horrible thing. I would just call it a gaffe yeah. and a miss. And I, I think they know it was. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything to fix it uh, retroactively after the fact, but we'll see. And I think a lot of our point coming into these rounds was, look, these aren't going to be the most competitive teams of all time. There's only four teams playing. Like how many players can you really have? Some big numbers that got put up, especially in super rare. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. leaderboard. First place is 400 points. That's a lot, even for a normal week. Uh, Bob, our good friend, put up 343 in second place. Uh, Zuby had 339 and, and Miguel didn't even finish on the podium with 339. Uh, and they, they were in, you know, tier three, tier four land. I think Bob was a tier three, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think given that there were so many points scored and these lineups were all very competitive and it was very difficult to win anything, right? Like 14th was the last reward. They scored 256. Like that's still a really high number for, uh, for, for coming in a reward, even in a regular season. I think that makes more sense to me than if it was, you know, 10 or 11, real viable lineups that were competing for 14 prizes, then I would have a little less sympathy, but I do kind of see where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. And I don't, you know, like, I don't even care what was, was makes like, I'm not even looking at this from like a pragmatism or like what makes sense or what, what's justifiable or what they could get away with. What I'm saying is just like, even if it did give them a little bit of a loss, like the, the positive vibes and the positive, you know, word of mouth would have been worth it. That's all I'm saying is to like really, and just like, to really reward people who like just embrace this product from day one. Some of these people up on these podiums who got, you know, subpar rewards for their big finishes. It's like, these are the people who like bought in from day one. They've been huge. They've been promoting the platform on Twitter, you know, Miguel, Bob, all, all these guys, SR monkey. Like how about a shout out to SR monkey who like shout out to our guy. He, yeah. He was our guest on the, the baseball for dummies. This is a, a guy, a, an Englishman, who lives, uh, you know, across the pond, never seen a baseball game in his life, but he's really good at so rare soccer. So he decides to get in on baseball. He jo- joins us to learn a little bit about the game. He's wa- I've talked, I talked to him a lot. I, t- I talked to him on discord. He's watched staying up late to watch MLB games. Now he said he enjoys the MLB lineup building and scouting even more than soccer. So like so rare MLB has turned a, a Brit into a huge MLB fan and he got first place in the rare division yeah. Had a yeah. great line put it all together. And then, you know, his prize is Freddie Freeman. It's like, you know, Freddie Freeman. Whoa, whoa. We're not hating on Freddie Freeman here. That's not this kind of podcast. Freddie loves Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is 33 years old. You know, I mean, he's only, he's got maybe a couple years left. He's going to play till he's 45. He's going to be Albert after Albert. Can S.O. Monkey get himself a damn Otani or Judge or, you know, like, some of these young or Soto or, or even I would rather have Manny Machado than Freddie Freeman, you know, it's so like, uh, although he's not exactly a young buck either, but like, I just like, uh, you know, I, I love, we shout can, out to, we can debate that. Cause yeah. I think Freddie Freeman's actually a great reward, but, uh, but. For first, for first place in, in the, in the second to in the penultimate round of the season, I'm just talking about to build hype. I'm just saying it's a huge missed opportunity to build hype by Sora. That's all. And, and I wasn't even playing in the division. So, you know, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I'm just, this is a, a rare case of like, I have this kind of running joke that like people who criticize so rare a lot on Twitter are always like, they're just describing the situation that would help them the most and saying yeah. it's for everybody. Th- this, you can, you, you can guarantee it's, this is what I think is best for everybody. Cause I have literally no dog in this fight. I think that they should have rewarded the 64th place finisher in rare, like an Otani, just, just out of the kindness of their hearts. And I have, 
I have no dog in this fight because I I may or may not have finished 64th, but you know, I I just I I don't believe that uh I, I'm really that biased, you know. Um I will say though, it speaking about our, our super rare prize pool. Um, I feel like our guy Bob would just take any any super rare you want to give him as long as he gets his rowdy tell is common. I feel like if yeah. that were the prize for him, he'd be like, Yep, I'm cool. That's fine. Yeah, it, I mean, it seemed like uh David Bytow was ready to give Bob his his rowdy tell is common. I guess it just we'll uh, where, where do, you, do you have to go fill out a form or, or something like that? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how that works. I don't know how this the special They're treatment willing. button They're works. Willing to do but, it. Hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, thanks again to to David for coming on the show and uh, and giving us some really great insight. Uh, and and hopefully we'll look forward to uh, in the next week here getting to learn about some uh, some server MLB off season uh, information. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Until the next time, have a good one.